Welcome to Courtside Indiana Podcast. This is Jim Reamer. We're recording episode 139. Joining us from beautiful St. Louis, Kyler Staley of the Hoosier.com, which is beautiful and humid. Beautiful and humid. Yeah. What part of St. Louis are you in? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, don't really know the location exactly where I'm at, but all I know is I'm in St. Louis. So are you, are you downtown? Uh, I'm a, I'm a little, I'm probably about maybe like 15 minutes from downtown. I would say West probably. Yeah, I would say so around there. So you're probably in the Newport Creve core. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that last one, right? Whenever we've played over there, we've always stayed in the, I think it's the Newport area, maybe. And then we head up to St. Charles. Okay. So if you're going to be there for a few nights, you might want to head up to St. Charles. If you're, especially if you're on the, if you're on the West side, some good, good spots up there. Okay. Yeah. Near, I'll definitely check that out. It's actually near Lindenwood university. So if you're, if you, if you, recognize that land post on any or that landmark on anything that that you're near there's some casinos casinos nearby that i don't ever go to um can't ever mix basketball and gambling very easily it's it's not when i when i gamble i gotta sit down for like it's usually like a f- five or six hours sit down changing tables <laughs> Betting my Good little blackjack. Bet my little money, my little money systems. Dealers try to trip you up, but anyway, <laughs> we um we got we got a couple of weeks to get caught up on, don't we? Dude, yeah, busy last couple of weeks. We're gonna talk about um. Well, we'll get to it later. Well, let's let's get updated on recruiting. I'll read that off, and then we'll we'll go on. Um. We actually have some that aren't showing up in the database, so we got to get those figured out. But, but uh, Divine Adayanyu, uh, I hope I pronounced that right, from West Lafayette, <laughs> six five six six senior, got an offer from Franklin. Dylan Watson from Castle senior, also picked up an offer from Franklin. Sheridan Sharp picked up a couple of Division One offers this week from guard from Ben Davis, Incarnate Word. Coached by Indiana's own Carson Cunningham, Nichols, and and Nichols. I assume that's Nichols State, or it used to be Nichols State. Um, Nick Richard picked up an offer from Moorhead State. Jake Davis, another Division One offer after <laughs> after being dry and really pitching that he needs to be getting to low Division One offers. He's getting them hand over fist right now. It seems like uh, Marcus Ankney. Point guard from Center Grove picked up an offer from DePaul. And then Flory Badunga, obviously the junior center at Kokomo, picked up an offer from Michigan. We've got four commits listed. Um, actually, we've got Zach right now. <laughs> Zach's not able to record because of like stuff going on at his house, but he's going to try to put stuff in the database that he's missed the last few days. It's kind of his little de facto, <laughs> little de facto side job is putting offers in the database. Uh, Brandon Trilly committed to uh, a senior from Munster, committed to Northern Michigan, Division II school up there. Uh, we've got um, Rashid Jones, who is an outgoing senior, spent the year playing uh, with the uh, Mac Irvin Fire, 
uh, from, from Arsenal Tech. He, he committed to Western Carolina. J.Q. Roberts, obviously from, ba- from Bloomington North, incoming senior, committed to Vanderbilt. And Joey Hart, incoming senior at Linton, uh, committed to Central Florida, which is now going to be a high major. So kind of ducked in right where we thought he would. I mean, when he got that Northwestern offer, I mean, let's just go there. When he got that Northwestern offer, I, I thought that was, I thought that was a good piece for him. I know there are some people that, well, we all. I mean, look, there's a lot of kids in this class that are going to be borderline and and are going to have to prove it. It's just not a class where there's, in my opinion, where there's just a lot of camp misses out there. Certainly at the high major level. So Joey's going to get a chance to play in the Big 12, which is a great, going to be a, a good conference as we get this all this conference realignment stuff that's obviously all football-centric. But uh, the Big 12 ended up adding Central Florida, Cincinnati. Um, who else did they add? Um, I don't I think they added four schools, but those are two B- of them. For BYU? Sure. Yeah, probably. BYU one? Yeah. I'm, su- I'm surprised Houston wasn't among that group. Same, but hell, they may not have wanted Houston. I don't know. Sometimes you go between: do we want to add a sleeping giant, or do we we want to add Houston, which would also bring in what the fifth or sixth biggest television market into a conference? So, which is a lot of that has to do. There's a lot of that going into these decisions. That's uh, television markets is a big deal when it when it's that's why USC and UCLA was such a big pickup for the Big Ten because they. Getting one of them, they get L.A. Getting both of them kind of blocks other conferences from getting L.A., that L.A. market, which is the second biggest market in the country. So the Big Ten is going to be the one the one conference that has L.A. and and New York and then also have Chicago. So they're get, they've got the three biggest TV markets, and that's played a big role into it, not to get too deep far down that rabbit, hill, rabbit hole, but. Anything um, – were you surprised that Joey went to Central Florida? Not at all. Um, I thought Ball State was another one that he could have landed at and would have fit perfectly there. Um, you know, I think he really did decide – it really did come down to Ball State and UCF. But UCF, I mean, from what I've heard, they would – UCF themselves would have been shocked if Joey Hart didn't um, – if he did, if they didn't land there. Um or if he didn't land there. I mean, they recruited him very hard. And I think, you know, from talking to a lot of people and stuff um, in Joey's circle, I mean, he really loved UCF from the start. He loved it from his visit a year or two ago that he went on. Um, I think they were always the favorite. And I think that's just where he had his heart set on. I mean, it's a cool thing for a Southern Indiana kid to go play um, in Florida. Um, You don't see that too often. Like in the state of Florida, you just don't see that too often. Um, and Joey's got the talent. And I mean, and the transition into Big 12, that's that's very enticing for someone like that. And he's going to be one of the first few kids and first few team on those first few teams to be able to be a part of the Big 12. So mm-hmm. it's a real I think it's going to be a good spot for him. Um, it's someplace I think he feels comfortable at and he gets to learn from. I, I believe it's Johnny Dawkins is the head mm-hmm. coach there. Yeah. So, I mean, he gets to learn from an NBA guy um and I, I think joey wants to go play pro at you know once his college career is over with and he might have a chance to go do that um he's gonna get some a lot of experience there but uh good 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 spot for him congratulations to him you know the, the interesting thing there was 
were the two coaching changes that that ended up making uh, on his final four, which would be Ball State and Evansville. So I would have told you we we thought he was going to commit to Central Florida last late last summer, heading into the fall. We certainly thought he would do it before school season started. I, I don't know what you know. Don't talk to him enough. I mean, this is Nick Baumgart and I talked a lot about him you know, last summer as, as he was getting offers and as he was going through that process and, and we both felt like he was going to go there. But then when, when ball state and Evansville both make coaching changes, you know, I got a chance to talk to his father, which I think now that he's committed is, you know, I think, I don't think I'm divulging any secrets here, but it, it was nothing that he was, it was nothing he said outright, but I, I left that conversation thinking maybe Joey was going to go to Evansville. Just the closeness to, uh, the closeness to Raglan and then even that ball state, it was obviously with, with Lewis had made a push, you know, where he, he could go to either one of those schools and certainly contribute, you know, but, uh, but also, I mean, or contribute early, but also I, I thought there was some draw there where he could go to Evansville and, and, you know, the, with the idea being he could be part of the turnaround. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you, like you said, he was comfortable with Central Florida. We all kind of thought he was going to go there for you know for a while, but I you know Dawkins put in the work. They 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 didn't take anything for granted. They stuck they stuck with it. They wanted them the whole time. There was no hedging, and I think that played a that definitely stuff like that always plays a role with a kid. But I, I think the two coaching changes kind of threw him for a loop in terms of his decision making process. I mean, a good problem to have, right? I have two more coaching staffs that you really could, you know, you really could, um, you know, sink your, sink your teeth in, you know, sort of figuratively and, um, you know, be, be part of. So obviously both those guys have playing careers in Southwestern Indiana. Uh, Lewis of course is a, you know, one of the, you know, he was a, you know, Indiana all-star, one of the, one of the best players to come out of Southwest Indiana in the last 20 so or some odd years. And obviously had a really good career at Indiana university too. So he was parlaying that and really got ball state pretty close. So, you know, you, you said you thought it was between central Florida and ball state. I, I think there was an Evansville, a strong Evansville push in his mind uh, and just, you know, just the familiarity with the coaches, the coaching staff on that at, at that program now. So, but nonetheless, great deal. I think JQ Roberts makes a makes a great decision for him. You know, we this past week we this past weekend was Kyle was Kyle Guy's Elite Twenty Four camp. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to go over there on Saturday. I think Saturday would have been the better day, just in terms of yeah, intensity level. Yeah, just in terms of intensity level. The kids were extremely tired on Sunday. And, but the one takeaway, and we, we, a couple of us talked about it as we were watching it. The one takeaway was that JQ Roberts' jump shot is starting to look, look a little more doable. Uh, it's, it's coming off quicker. He's got a little bit more arc that has to continue to progress. You know, and in, in an event you like that or in a situation like that, a lot of it is open shots, you know, so he's, he's getting, you know, it's it's not against great defense. Like I said yesterday, the kids were exhausted. Uh, they they were expressing that exhaustion, and you know these are guys that you know typically are used to playing a lot on a Sunday. So they uh, they were tired. It was a good camp. 
But the one valuation wise, the one takeaway on Sunday was was JQ's jump shot. And if that's the kind of you know, if he's gonna continue to work on that, make that a bigger part of his game, uh, I think that he's got a chance to be a versatile forward there. Still not a hundred percent sure what position he is at the high major level just yet. But uh, you know, it may not matter is because he's six eight, he's he would be, you know, he was at the college level, he's the requisite size to be a legitimate forward. He'll get a chance to bulk up a little bit. And if he can be a, a guy that can hit that shot from three-point range, uh, just makes him that much more effective. Yeah, and it, it looks a lot more consistent, too, mm-hmm. from what I've seen in the past. I mean, I go back to this, and JQ, I've said this multiple times on different evaluations every year, every event that I do, writing a story for prep hoops or rivals or something like that. I mean, I go the improvements that JQ has made since his freshman year is outstanding to me. I remember watching him his very first high school game against Bedford North Lawrence um, versus my brother. And I was just like, man, this guy's so raw. Why is he so, why, why is he ranked so high? I'm not, I don't see it and stuff like that. But I mean, once he got to his junior year this past year, I'm like, you know, this guy has put in the work. Um, his jump shot looks beautiful. Um, obviously. I mean, one thing the takeaway that I got from Saturday is this guy plays no matter what, if it's a drill Mm one-on-one or if it's just, you know, a position drill, that guy gives you 120%. Um, And his athletic ability is just through the roof. Um, His ceilings talking to Kyle guy. I mean, me and him both agree that, uh, you know, his ceiling is just, you know, it's so high and he's Mm -hmm. still, and he's still getting better and he's still improving his overall game, but going to that Vanderbilt um, commitment. I love that. You know, he gets to go into the sec and use his freakish athletic ability, which is kind of welcomed in that league. Um, I don't know how he would have done in a Big Ten at Iowa or any other league, but, you know, the SEC is perfect for him. He gets to go learn from an NBA coach. Um, it's also a great school, and uh, I know education is probably very important to him and his mom. Um, he gets to go learn and improve his game, and, you know, he gets to play in a really good league. So it's, it's a really good spot for him um, where he ended up. Some updates on the on the recruiting stuff. Zach is working behind the scenes here. Andrew Hedrick picked up an offer from Bethel. It's a guard from uh, Columbia City. Um, Noah Cumberland picked up an offer from Spring Arbor out of Michigan. Noah is a senior guard at uh, Tippecanoe Valley. And then we picked up a couple more commits to uh, Austin Kripe from West Noble committed to Bethel. And then Ben Henderson uh, guard from Marion. I'm sorry, guard from Harrison. I did that last week or last time. Guard from La- West Lafayette Harrison committed to Marion. So they, that's the second guard they've picked up here in the last couple of weeks, uh, picking up Dylan Moles earlier. So I'm a big fan of Ben Henderson. I, I think he's a versatile kid who can be able to guard multiple positions, but he's he's got to really got to really work on his jump shot. It's got to it's got to get got to get better i think once he I, i'll be anxious to see i don't know if he intends on playing football at marion um if i didn't even even pay attention to see if that was more of a basketball commit or a football commit did you see anything on that i haven't i haven't kept up with him as of late um and all of a sudden my twitter doesn't want to work that's nice Come on, tweet deck, you're killing me. <laughs> um, let's see here. No, no, not 
showing pictures. That doesn't help. All right. Well, anyway, moving on. We we are going to talk about some kids in the senior class that don't have any Division I offers right now. And maybe 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 not that they deserve, not that we think they should get Division One offers, but these are just guys, I think, just from a, a recruiting standpoint, I think we're just going to throw their names out there and talk them up a little bit and just see where maybe they fit in or where we think they fit in recruiting-wise. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily that we're arguing any of these guys should be should have that any of or, the, or that all of them should have division one offers i do think though it's just these are obviously going to be guys that are maybe a little under the radar and i think that's maybe where we're going with it so kyler once you start throw out a name and and um and we'll, we'll we'll discuss it yeah so when i look at the 2023 class a guy that i feel like is extremely under the radar that you know I think eventually we'll hit that D1 offer level is uh, Lawrence Central's Kamari Jones. Um, I think, you know, seeing him this weekend, seeing what he's done this summer, that guy's got a, you know, a tremendous skill set. He's very, you know, got a lot of bounce, got a good outside jumper, um, defends really well. Um, You know, talking to Kyle Guy this weekend, Kyle Guy came up to me, you know, he's got that little, he's like, you know, I got this Lawrence Central bias in me and everything, but. (laughs) Man, Kamari Jones, he's a baller. And I was like, dude, I totally agree on that. Um, he's a guy that I feel like is going to break that Division One, that low major Division One offer um, sooner than later, um, especially because I think he's going to have a really, really big season at Lawrence Central. Um, they don't have a ton of pieces that I'm aware of. I think he's just going to put up a lot of points. And I think the right coach is going to see him um, eventually. And I, I think he's going to get at least one or two low major division one offers he he is without question a bucket getter no there's you know he he is extremely good shooter off the dribble i think he can he shoots well off he, he's just a good shooter he's a he's a shot maker and he's got a lot of different ways to finish i think there's some there's some things that i think he could tighten up how he gets into a shot uh, and and any type of any type of play off the basketball especially defensively where he oftentimes loses, he loses focus an awful lot. So those, I mean, I think those are some of the things that have maybe held him up again, not all, and not all these guys will be close. I think I agree with you. I think Kamari's right there. I think he's offensively, he is extremely gifted and he'd be one of those guys that ends up going to a small school, you know, low, a low D one and then putting up numbers and then transferring up, you know, as he starts to figure out other aspects, as he starts to figure out the other, you know, the, you know, the other parts of the, of the game that he, that he needs to improve upon. I think, uh, you know, sometimes the ball sticks with him, but then, you know, he can get places with the dribble. So, you know, it's sort of, you sort of pick your, you, you sort of a little bit of a double-edged sword in that scenario, but, but that's, you know, it's common a lot in, in high school basketball, There's, especially when you've got guys that are uh, individually as skilled as he is. So he's just, once he cleans some of that stuff up, I think he'll have opportunities. Like you said, I, I do think that he's, he's pretty close. Um, he, he is, uh, he's pretty close. So. 
Uh, Kamari Slaughter. Does he have? Yeah. I, does he have one? I got. I'm checking now. I'm... He was on my list, but I, I didn't. So I didn't see one from him. We do not uh, have at any least reported. not on Twitter. We don't have any reported for him now. Here's the kicker: he is transferred to Cathedral. Yes. So he is no longer at Portage. Um, he had a very good summer. He, uh, we played him. He shot the ball okay against us from from distance. That's a that's a part of his game that he has to improve upon. He at, at six four, very good body, high major body. He is he plays the he's a primary ball handler. He was a primary ball handler for Portage. He's sort of at tra- if at Cathedral, if he's eligible, he does sort of walk into a situation where they graduated a lot of guys. And right now they're looking at two sophomores as their primary ball handlers. And he could easily step in there and assume that role. Not not that LeBron Grow or or um or or Kennedy, Derek Kennedy won't still get varsity minutes, but I think he is going to be if he gets a chance to play, if he does, if he is eligible, I mean, some of that's in question right now. I, I think, I, you know, I don't know. I guess a portage signed off on it, but but the details that I've been given, he's he's it's looking at looking. It's complicated. It's going to be complicated. So, yep. It's, I'm sure they probably thought it through, and maybe maybe the, maybe it's legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> you, you hate to, well, you hate, you know, you hate to look. I, there was a situation once where a kid from Frankfurt a long time ago transferred to Lebanon, and the the family kind of faked the separation. Uh. And the bottom line is, it didn't matter, separated for real or not, didn't, didn't meet the criteria of a custody issue that is sort of a given in these situations like moving between parents but the you know it's the assumption there is that it's a legally divorced you know a split family or a bona fide change of residence so that's going to be the piece there with slaughter is dad's down here in indy now um he's living with dad they i think they might be living with an uncle maybe again it, it did Depends on some of the details might be a little, little unreliable there, but, but that's how it was explained to me this weekend. And, and that doesn't meet the, the bona fide change of address rule that the ITSA typically insists upon. So to me, he is a guy that I think does deserve. He, he is to me, he's a mid-major prospect because I think his shot is the only thing that's holding me back. Uh, at least, at least on the court, um, it it is right now from range. It's more of a set shot. The um, but he is um, he got a lot of other tools, and I think defensively he's wonderful. He can guard multiple positions, and he is a he's a stat sheet stuffer when it comes to you know, d- doling out assists, rebounding his position well. He's just pretty well rounded. So that's a guy that that I liked and and. Um, you know, and I, I think he'll be one. And who knows? Maybe all these guys we name, after saying not necessarily the case, but maybe all these guys we name end up. <laughs> we're arguing that they should get Division One offers. But you go ahead and give your your other one. Yeah. So I just kind of looked at my list. Another transfer that um, 
I think people realize how good he is, but, you know, certain situations that have uh, kind of come along the way. Um, Anthony Ball is transferring to Christmas Addicts. Is he still um, there? <laughs> and what is this, his third school? Uh, but is he still I mean, there? Someone was... You know, I don't getting... know. That's a... I don't know about that one. Last I heard, he's at Christmas Addicts. Yeah, that's true. That's the last I heard as well. So... I mean, was he was he there on Sunday at the Kyle Guy camp? He was there on Saturday. He was not there on Sunday. Okay. So, anyway, yeah, I mean, Anthony, he's got all the talent in the world, I think, for his size. I mean, he's a real physical presence. Um, I mean, his jumper, not very accurate, uh, being honest there. But, I mean, as far as, you know, paint play, that guy's a beast. Um, he's a great shot blocker. He had a really good, um, really good showing this past postseason especially in the States uh, when Beach Grove won this 3A state championship. Um, he's a guy I've always been impressed with. He's a guy that uh, you often compare, you know, they often compare him to Nick and Zlimba. You know, those guys are kind of side by side as far as who would you rather have um, certain things. But, you know, Anthony Ball, I, I think he's a tremendous player. Um, I, there are certain situations I don't want to get too deep into because I know he's, he's still a kid at the end of the day and things like that. You know, I've heard some, there's some great issues and, Obviously, he's transferred a lot during his uh his high school career, but I mean, in the right situation, the right coach, I feel like he could excel. Um, I think he could be a mid major player, but you know, he's probably gonna. I mean, if he gets a low D one offer, that's probably where he would go. Um, but I see him more of as a JUCO type of player, maybe a Division two, um, somewhere around there. But uh, he's a guy that I, I think is under the radar. Um, and I, I think you know if he gets on the right path, he could be. He could be a really, really, really good player. Yeah, another guy I think would need to hone his play off the basketball. Uh, you know, especially uh-huh. offensively. You know, the, the stuff that he, the stuff that gets, you know, that basically doesn't. You know, and some sometimes that's system. You know, if you're not asked to do a whole lot, then maybe you know you don't do a whole lot. You know, and and if if so much of the offense revolves around you getting touches, sometimes that can fall by the wayside. But but you know, would like to see him be more active, you know, as a screener, be more active as a help defender. Uh, he certainly is, you know, he, he certainly will be there to try to block shots, uh, which you know is is just you know it's a it's a, it's just a, you know it's a defensive statistic, and and you know there's some intimidation factor there for some degree, but athletically, body wise, I think he's he like you said, he's got a lot of tools that he needs there. And I, I think he does have a pretty decent touch around the basket. And, you know, you, and I agree with you that he needs to, needs to really show, you know, a little bit show more range. So I'm going to be a little bit of a homer here and go with Jake Cherry. Again, I always okay. like the full, full disclosure. I like, you know, he, I coached him the last three summers. Um, he played, unfortunately, the month of July on two sprained ankles. I uh, never really got a chance to get healthy. He looked great this weekend at the at the camp. Uh, you know, you, again, you rely on other people for that on on Saturday. But Kyle was very, you know, in talking about how Jake played on on Saturday, very enthused about how Jake play. I think he's Division One level. I think he's a guy that can handle a lot of different ball screen coverages, which is a big deal. And, and he's an excellent rim runner. And a rim runner in all scenarios. He's a good rim runner in transition. He's a good rim runner off of ball screen action or off of get action. 
any type of exchange with a guard. He's 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 very effective rim runner. He's not going to be a guy that um, that you throw a lot of lobs to. You know, he's not going to go up and get it and be this you know high flying you know dunk machine. But but he's also going to be a guy that has excellent hands and can catch any kind of pass. He's got incredible hands. And if ever a kid was a prep school, like a post-grad prep school type kid, it would be him. Or if ever a kid would be a redshirt situation, you know, as part of the agreement to, to get the offer and to, to make the commitment, it would be him. And I, there's a, there's a handful of schools that are sniffing around him, but, but he, he didn't have a healthy showing in July. And, you know, he did play one Atlanta, I don't think any of them really seemed to play well in Milwaukee. Um, it was just a tired group. And it, so they, um, and an injured group. But I, I think he's a kid that I, that definitely is going to be able to play his way in there. And I, I would look for him. He's going to get a lot of uh, encouragement to do a post-grad year um, by me directly. And, and <laughs> so that way he could use, he could use that time to to improve his athleticism, to improve his body and and to um and just to play with, you know, to play during the school year with guards that will, you know, that can get him the ball. You know, that that where you can't just basically you know, huddle three guys around him at all times. So so he's he's another guy on my list. Go ahead with your 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 last one there. So this one's going to kind of be kind of a far-fetched one, but I mean, based off the guy that, uh, you know, this guy had a, a monster summer, really broke out. I'm going to go with Alex Romack. Um, yeah. That guy's, got, that guy's got all the size. Um, he's got the athleticism. Right now doesn't have the outside jumper. Doesn't I mean, he's got a solid mid-range jumper, but as far as like, you know, the rim running, the physicalness, the aggressiveness, the willing to defend, um, this guy has all the tools, in my opinion. And he's a guy that's just improved um so like so well improved so much that i mean he was at you know i think he was playing for the grand park uh grand park premier uh black squad i believe oh. i think i don't i don't know if that's their second one or not but i mean he that played is. so well that he he got moved up to the uaa um um team and he's playing with joey hard and you know those guys you know their main one i mean he just had a great summer became a huge fan of him um just the style of play his athleticism is just I mean, it's hard to beat, especially with his size. And, you know, going into Westfield, he's really going to be the focal point, I believe. Um, and he's just going to have a big year. I think given the right situation, the right game in front of the right player or right coach, um, they're going to take a chance on him. You know, when Braden Smith went down during during his senior year, they the, the few games that he was out, they they completely changed the focus of their offense and, and how they did things, and, and a lot of it ran through Romac. We I talked a lot last summer about how he was going to be the difference maker between them finally getting over the hump. I've got him at a D two rating, basically. That's where I see him because he's got great length. Like you said, he's a he's a hell of a rim run guy. I think he has added the ability to drive. I think he is. Um, he does need to add a shot, you know, an outside shot with a little bit of a quicker release, but he is definitely um, a, a kid that's being really under recruited right now. And I don't know. I mean, I think he's changed his game enough to the point where, I mean, sure Westfield uses him at center because they have to, but he is more than that. He is a guy that can drive. He's a guy that finishes extremely well. 
either hand over either shoulder. And, you know, I think defensively too, he's, he's a guy that can guard multiple positions. You know, the higher up that is, the, the tougher that might be. But I don't see any reason why, especially when you consider, you know, like he's a lot like Trilly, really. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't. He's an he's an awful lot like Trilly, and and Westfield did it on a with against a better schedule. You know, and Romack may not have the individual numbers that Trilly did, but Romack Trilly didn't play with two Division One guards. Right. And and but but the really the impressive games were were when when um, Braden was out because even with Hafner on the floor, everything was through Romack and it was, it was a complete shift of focus and, and, and Romack lived up to it. And it was, it was an impressive stint of basketball for him. So I absolutely agree. You know, maybe not a D one guy. I don't know, but definitely someone who's under recruited for sure. Uh, My last one here before we throw out, a bunch of names. Um, I guess we're, we'll talk about some other guys. You know, a kid I like that's that I think's got a lot of toughness um, is, is Keon Miller, Miller from uh, Southport, yep. point guard for them, and and you know, and he's probably undersized to be, uh, you know, to get to reach into that low D one level. Or maybe he's got to be a better shooter, you know, like a, like a, like he got to be able to shoot over ball screens. Like if someone's going to go underneath on him, he's got to be able to be good enough to bury him. And I'm not sure that he's there yet. I don't know fully that he's not because it's not like I watch a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of, I mean, even when, he, you know, at Southport, he's, you know, he's playing with AJ Dantzler. You know, in the summer, he's playing on a team with two other talented guards, you know, with Sheridan Sharp and, and you know, the way Garway Duall was used, he was a primary ball handler. So he didn't get a lot of those touches in the summer. But tough kid, very, very good defender. Very good defender. And just a guy that I think, again, a little bit under-recruited right now. I've got his, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we don't have anything for his offers. So he's not showing anything there. And I think that's that's something that's, you know, gonna change here. You know, and you you know, sometimes like you say, you 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 wonder this late when a kid like that doesn't have anything, you know, what else is going on there, whether it's an academic situation or if just some schools haven't seen him play enough. But but I've always liked his toughness, I've always liked his unselfishness. Uh, his his vision has improved as he's gotten older. Uh, which is, you know, that happens. Um, but yeah, he's just definitely a guy that I like and, and have always felt he's just a touch, uh, touch undervalued. Who throw out some other names of guys. We won't get too deep into it because we're already buttoned up to about an hour here that, um, that you think should be, well, let's say that they're, they're definitely under recruited. Yeah. So three guys that you and I, we didn't mention as of yet, so I'm gonna start with Devin Woods from uh from Pike. Pike, um, yep. Yep, had another really good summer by him. I've always been a big fan of him, his ball handling, um, for his size, ability to finish at the rim. Um, he's just really creative, real real shifty. Um, I think he's gonna end up getting into that D two level. Um, me personally, just just based on his skill, 
I, I think you you know you put away you don't think about his size. He's gonna have a really good uh he's gonna have a really good college career at the D two level. Another guy that I really like is Marcus Northern, um, up in Fort Wayne area. He's a guy that uh he, he was he, he wasn't getting a ton of minutes uh, this summer behind uh, AJ Lux for um, Team Glenn Robinson. Um, but once you know Lux went and played with Grand Park Premier, he started opening up his game a little bit more. Uh, Marcus Northern did. You know you saw a lot. So a lot better shooting than him. Um, a lot more consistent play at the guard level. He's a little taller guard, um, defends well, and he plays really hard. And I mean, it's all about consistency with him moving forward. And then my last guy I got, and I always screw up his last name, but Noblesville's Luke um, Al Almadovar. I, I don't know. Yep. Yeah, he, that guy, insane athleticism. He's a bucket yeah. getter. Yeah, just the guy. He he lets the game come to him. You know, like. He's just very – he's just got a natural feel to that game. That's why I really love to see how freely he plays um, with the ball. He can be a little careless at times, a little bit too careless than what I like to see. But, uh, I mean, just based off his athletic ability and his ways to get a get a bucket, um, I think he's very under-recruited. And I'm curious to see if he could break through a low major D1 offer. But uh, I see him more of a D2 player, an AIA type of player. That's where I've got him. Uh, you know, his you – know, First of all, his grandfather's from Mr. Basketball, Billy Keller, class of 1966. Yep. And so he comes from a very uh, athletic family. So he's He does have springs in his legs, so that's nice. There's not a <laughs> not a, not a bad thing to have when you're playing basketball. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he is definitely – you know, it, it's interesting because I think Noblesville is going to have to show – I mean, I like their senior class. I'm going to throw out Preston Roberts' name here in, in about 10 seconds or maybe 20 seconds, but I like their, their senior class. They've got, they've got to start turning the corner and, and winning more than they do. Absolutely. Um, you know, and that's, you know, they do have some good young guys that are coming up too that will give them some depth. So this may be one of the deeper teams they've had for a while, but that's what we're seeing a lot of these teams because a lot of these teams are going to be, have good deep senior classes and they're going to be one of them. Um, Luke and, Preston and Cooper Bean for starters. Um, then they've got, you know, Aaron Fine. So uh, then they'll have a, a group of young guys that will come up and su- and supplant, you know, support them and and provide some good quality minutes. So um, I'm going to throw out two guys for the price of one here just because it's, I guess it's my <laughs> podcast and we don't really have any rules here anyway. But, you know, Preston Roberts, Spencer White, both guys that I thought had good summers. They both – they both came into this into this into the spring with Division One offer from Coastal Carolina, but but a uh, coaching change has, I think, erased that. So uh, we are um, kind of starting from scratch with both those guys. But I think both those guys are are low, you know, are low D one guys. And you know, you look at Preston and, and his athleticism. You talk about a guy that's athletic. He's to me, he's got a high major athleticism. Um, Yes, but I think both those guys deserve to be. You know, and I, I know that uh, Spencer's probably taking his recruiting into the spring. He has does have some some offers that he's considering, and, and Preston may also be a kid that were a post grad year might do him some good uh, because at Noblesville he's effectively their starting center, uh, which you know is not where he's going to play in college, and it's not where he plays in the summer and. And, you know, sometimes that happens. High school coaches have to win games to keep their job. And it just works out that way. And it's, but it's, um, 
sometimes it can be an unfortunate situation because it it does sort of um, maybe impact some momentum that comes off of it, you know, off of the summer from an exposure standpoint. Um, but it, but in some cases too, I think it impacts the the type of development that he gets, you know, that a kid can get, you know, during the year. So, um, you know, they're they're be- basically, you know, he is their their best big, and and that's not where he's going to play in college. And it's not a criticism; it's just how that is sometimes. So, um, you know, Jaden Pinkston to me is a kid that I've always loved his, his athleticism. He's, he's definitely got high. He's got a high major athlete athleticism. He's got a high major body. He really has to improve his jump shot. He has a lockdown defender potential. And I, I think that he could be a guy that you can see him going to a junior college and for two years, really working on his skill, you know, not because he has to, but because that's where he gets recruited, you know, and it gets him a chance to get re-recruited then to a Division One level. If he can develop a jump shot where it's consistent and it's, you know, he's 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 got a lot of other tools, a lot of other good tools. And I, I've always liked his intensity, always liked his motor. Um, he's um, He just has to work on – He's just got to get that shot going. Um, and then my last one, I guess, I mean, guys that are kind of under-recruited, I don't know. I, I didn't really prepare this for I only kind of came in with five names, and then I changed I changed it up right when we were getting ready to go on. Well, we were trying to get Zach on tonight because Zach was, since we're recording later on Monday night, Zach could participate, but he's still got family stuff going on and, and of course, the beginning of the school year too. He's, I'm sure, you know, he's also certain kind of busy. Um, I, you know, a guy who I think could could maybe surprise some people is, is Dylan Beverly from Franklin. That's a good um, one. Yeah, I mean, he's very, very long, very athletic kid. Uh, he's he's more of a four. Might might think he's a two, but he's more of a four. <laughs> and he could be a he could be a skilled four, and and a guy that had that played with a really good motor. I was why well, I watched them play Beach Grove and and during the school year and and he was uh, went toe to toe with Ball. Now Ball was a superior athlete to him and, and a little bit stronger, and that showed in a couple of uh, on court interactions, but definitely uh, you know definitely a guy that's got some potential. I like his defensively. I liked his length. I like how he can play out on the floor. He can guard just about anybody really at the high school level, certainly well enough that if he gets caught on a switch, he can guard, guard point guards, but anybody else two through two through five, other than maybe struggling to get through screens. I think he's a guy that can definitely guard a lot of different positions. So, I mean, that kind of rounds it up. I, you know, I think there's maybe one other name to look for is, is Peyton Bledsoe at Lagodi. Yes. Again, Very under the radar. Yeah, it doesn't get a lot of press outside of his local area, and is a, definitely a guy that puts up a, with really good numbers down there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and it's there might be some defensive questions there as to who he can guard, but but I think definitely a kid that's right now is a little bit under recruited, and I, and I think if you put him in a position where he he's you force him, you know, he just has to guard, doesn't have to worry about foul trouble, doesn't worry about that he's 
probably Goaty's str- phys- physically strongest player, certainly their best player. Uh, you know, I think he's a kid too that's a little bit under the radar. So, all right, what's up? What's up for you this week? You're in St. Louis till when? Yeah, so I'm here till Wednesday. Then I'm actually uh, I'll be back home for a little bit. Then I'm gonna go visit some family in Nashville, Tennessee. They just moved there. Um, my aunt and uncle there. Yeah, my uh, I will say this until the day I die. That is my favorite place in the world. Love all the country music. Love is the it, bar yeah. scene. If you're yeah, a, yeah if you're a country it. music fan, it would be. Yeah, oh, it's if, fantastic. My uh, my if you're aunt me, went to, uh, maybe not. <laughs> my aunt went to the University of Tennessee, so I've always had that Tennessee roots in me and stuff. And they just moved there from Chicago um, and everything. They actually, their next door neighbor is the starting center for the Tennessee Titans. So uh, that's a pretty cool little uh, little fact there. But I'll be there this weekend. And then we've got the, uh, um, not this weekend, but uh, on the 28th, we've got the Indiana Freshman Showcase, which yes, I'm looking, looking very to much forward to seeing that. See, seeing the new crop of kids come up, you know, get some new names out there, get some new na- names under our radar. That's probably and, my uh, favorite everything. camp. It's a, yeah, it's awesome. That, uh, it, that's yeah. my favorite camp of all of them. And, and obviously Eric Gardner does a good job. Brandon Ramsey's going to, who who's heading that up this year? Is, is Eric still doing a lot of that or is Brandon so, heading up? So it's, it, it's, it's mostly Brandon. Um, okay. He's uh, he's taking over a little bit, but Eric's helping him still a little bit. Eric's doing a lot more uh, for people that aren't aware. You know, the reason you don't see a lot of Eric Gardner um, out anymore, he's doing a lot of behind the scenes work uh, with right. prep hoops now. He's kind of got promoted there. He's doing a lot of with our prospect index. So, you know, you got Brandon who's done a phenomenal job um, taking over, being that kind of main guy um, with us. But he's been kind of he's been kind of putting on together and he's done a good job. I've seen that lineup and. It's, you know, it's looking like it's going to be a good group of kids coming in. And I'm, I'm just excited to see some kids that I'm not familiar with, you know, get, right. a, get a base eval on them. Well, so, yeah, it's a first look for most of these guys. I mean, if not all yeah. of them, at least, at least from our perspective. So Box Out Sports is leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes this season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. That's not just for basketball. That's for any sport. So if you're a club club director or athletics director make sure you check that out everybody thank you for listening to courtside indiana podcast if you listen every week we certainly appreciate it if not please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone tablet or desktop as always we'd appreciate a rating and review and you can reach us directly at courtside indiana on our twitter or our instagram that's at courtside ind and again, we're still looking for topics. I mean, we're, we're getting into the where we do have some built-in topics coming up, um, you know, but but definitely any any type of questions you want answered or any type of topic ideas, we would definitely take them. So we, we've appreciated some of the input we've had lately. So Kyler, what else is coming up for you this week on, on the, uh, the, the IU, the Hoosier side, the Hoosier.com side? Anything, any visits, anything you're tracking? So obviously the big thing that came out of last week that, you know, we kind of monitored a little bit was uh, Trent Sisley and Jalen Harrelson have both scheduled two more visits up for Indiana. So all you Indiana fans that are keeping track of those guys, they, uh, they have a visit. They just, they just had their visits uh, a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, and then they just scheduled one for Hoosier Hysteria and the North Carolina at a IU game. So two huge events um, expect to see a lot, you know, other than those two expect to see a lot more, um, 
guys at those same events. And then, of course, we're just looking at other recruits. We've got a couple guys at uh, Indiana still tracking and everything. Got a lot of football previews coming up. Um, and then me personally, I'm working on weekly stories now leading up to the season, uh, previewing each player, each scholarship player on the IU team and what they're going to bring this year. Um, football, so that's some basketball? content we got. Basketball? Yes, basketball. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. Should, should, should have the first one this week. Uh, we'll start with seniors and we'll go all the way down to incoming freshmen. We'll go through, I'll go through each uh, scholarship player and just kind of preview them for this upcoming season. Well, check out Kyler's work at the, the, the Hoosier.com there for the IU uh, recruiting side of it. And also check out his work at prephoops.com. So Kyler, appreciate it as always. Look forward to um, figuring out what we're going to talk about next week. <laughs> yeah. Fun as tra- always. Travel safely, man. Yeah, thanks. We'll do.